Welcome to episode 58 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us on Twitter at Two on Three Pod, and you can send us email at Hello, hello. at Two on Three pod.com i'm chris and you can find me looking at my phone at the public library and tweeting at cd villasenor and with me is ty where do we find you on the social media i'm out there uh shamelessly tweeting from the place where you're supposed to be reading at s-e-a-t-j-k <laughs> uh yeah so um before i before i kick off the show yes i was at the public library on my phone today doing well i was doing some math because my my son is doing some math with a, with a tutor, and I have to take him. So I read. I have some math myself that I have to do mm-hmm. for a different reason. But then, you know, after about thirty or forty minutes of that, I just like okay, I'm just gonna pull out my phone and just look at my phone. <laughs> and I looked around. Of course, everybody's doing something studious or whatever, and I just felt like I was slacking off in study hall. Are they, though? Because how many people are just using their laptops on the free Wi-Fi? <laughs> some, some people. So, uh, hilariously, there's this old dude who was using his laptop on the free Wi-Fi. And he puts his headphones in. And he was sitting just a couple tables over me. Puts his headphones in and turns on his, like, some video that was super loud. Like, the, his laptop was just jacked. So, and because he has his headphones on, he thinks he's hearing his laptop through his headphones. But his headphones aren't plugged in. So I look at him, and it is just... Bla- I, I had headphones on. I took my headphones off. I looked at him, and I was like... I didn't say anything. I, was like, I mean, I figured he'd catch on after 10 or 15 seconds. No, like a minute. The librarian finally comes over. It's like, sir. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Jesus. I, like, I didn't want to be the dude to tell it. Right? I'm, not the, I'm not the police. I'm not the library police. I mean, maybe I could have walked over there and said, dude, you know, your headphones aren't plugged in. But I just wasn't. I just, he's kind of creepy and I didn't want to <laughs> deal with him. I think you just walk over, you pick up the cord, you show it to him, and then you jam it into the, the headphone into his, plug. Into his nose, into his ear. <laughs> no, you just, you just jam it into the computer, and then yeah. you walk away. You shrug your shoulders at him all incredulously and walk away. <laughs> at least he's trying, though. I mean, I'm out in the world, and people are just like, people are at the airport just watching videos on their phones with like like with no headphones on. That's just that's just sociopathic behavior, right? Listen, this is not anarchy. What are you doing? <laughs> And then five minutes later, he let out the biggest fart that I've that I've heard in public in a good long while. I mean, years. I, in fact, I couldn't remember the last time I heard a stranger fart so loud in public. I couldn't. I really, I couldn't remember. It must have been. It's decades. I mean, I don't hang out at like the football game or sporting events and stuff like that where I'm sure people fart, but it's so loud at those games. You can't, but the library and he like wood chair, I mean, cranked one off. I mean, a solid, <laughs> a solid eight and a half on a, on a scale of 10 in terms of farts, like in terms of like tone and duration <laughs> and presence. Did it was the librarian in, come back over? No, I I was like, well, it is time to go now. It is time to. I I got up. I had to move clo- closer. I don't. You know, I don't generally hover during t- 
tutoring sessions, but I think I gotta get closer to the, where they're sitting because this this part of the library is no good anymore. <laughs> you offered no auditory response, no, no exclamation just, of disgust. I just packed up my shit quickly and moved. I just <laughs> throwing shit in a bag and off I go. I'm like I'm not dealing with this dude. Anymore. I think I would have been like, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I should have gone out of there, pulled his headphones back out of his <laughs> out of his laptop and gone, what in the hell, dude? Jeez. Oh. I don't well, know. Anyway. anyway that for was, living too close to the city. <laughs> seriously. All right. Well, tonight, what are we talking about? We're talking about uh, the Super Bowl halftime and the big game. Can I say, we can say Super Bowl. I, like, I think it's hilarious that. People can't say Super Bowl on TV, so they have right. to say the big game and all this stuff. But, you know, yeah. we're a Goonie podcast. We can say Super Bowl all we want. Come get it, Goodell. <laughs> come, <laughs> come yell at us. We're going to talk about replacing the Dark Knight. And uh, we're helping out my daughter with her school project. And uh, I'm going to share with you the uh, trials and tribulations of dealing with children who have ideas. Fantastic. I know, right? Okay, because, you know... Some of our people, some of our listeners are probably dealing with this already or will deal with it someday. So sure. hopefully my insights will will help. Anyway. And in the OT, we're going to talk about fighting animals. Yes. Because that's big news these days. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the Super Bowl, or as many people on Twitter were referring to it as the Super Bowel. Oh, in yeah. In terms of, uh, well, nobody referred to That's not to very that. inspired. <laughs> not really. <laughs> but um, but really what I'm trying to get at is the halftime show. But let's talk about the game first. Why? <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't have anything to say about it. All I know was, all I would know is I was just staring out the window at the snow piling up in Seattle the whole time. We were, we were, I was watching that thing. I was like, how much is it going to snow? Because I actually had to go out and grab my daughter from music rehearsal. There sure. Sunday afternoon. Like, who's only people who do orchestra would would schedule an orchestra offsite on Super Bowl Sunday. Only yeah. like people who don't know what football is. Our older daughter's school age friend invited her to a birthday party on Sunday afternoon. It's like, sorry, mm. <laughs> was, no. Also, but they had it like the the kitten cafe, which is some sort of place that there's a bunch of cats running around. And I'm like, no. Wait, is this definitely is that, not? Is that safe? I don't know. What if a cat I don't, bites never heard of this kid? place? I have. I, I mean, like, we have a cat, but I've lived lived with him for so long. I'm no longer allergic to him. But I'm not going to some cafe with all kind of strange cats. My face would explode. Oh yeah, my eyes would probably turn purple and fall out if I went. No, to thank the, you. To the kitty cat, kitty cafe. I don't. I didn't look that hard at the invitation. I saw the, <laughs> da- I saw the date and, and we moved on. <laughs> it's like forget yeah. it. Oh no, I'm sorry. It's the kitty cat fay. Oh, kitty cat fay. Yes. Is that a better pun than super bowel? Just barely. <laughs> Anyway, yes, I all I could think about was the snow and the fact that I had to drive out in the snow. But at the beginning of the second quarter, it was like, well, no one scored. So I drove out knowing that I could get back by halftime to watch, you know, the Maroon 5. Mm. You, you, you were, that was a priority for you? I just, I felt like I needed to be part of the that part of it. <laughs> okay. I don't know why. There's Sure, I could have watched it afterwards on a replay but there's something about watching those things as they happen that make them maybe a little bit better 
I think we've proven scientifically at this point that Maroon 5 is not a stadium act. I thought it was interesting that Adam Levine seems to have forgotten how to sing in the style that allows him to sing from their songs from their original record because he opened with Harder to Breathe. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is not how it sounds. This is not how it goes. Well, when he was a squeaky 22-year-old, you know, it's different, right? Now he's an older gentleman. Sure. And his voice has changed. And well, he he's, can't, he's changed it. Yes, but he can't sing squeaky early Maroon 5 the way it was It's recorded. not squeaky, though. That's like more straightforward kind of rock singing. And he was all like in the higher register because that's all he can do now. Well, he's just not good. So there are certain acts, and we'll go into the, the history of the Super Bowl acts, but there are certain acts that, are, that read more like stadium acts. Sure. And I knew right when they announced Maroon 5 that this is not a stadium act. This is... It's how I felt when I heard Ed Sheeran was doing a stadium tour last summer. I was like, who's going to go to the stadium to watch Ed Sheeran? You don't want to watch an ugly ginger stand in the middle of a stage alone and <laughs> sing Galway Girl in front of 40,000 people? Yeah, No, I mean, that's not a sta- this is not a stadium act. And the way stadium acts work, which would make Justin Timberlake's performance, I think, worked last year, was there was, like, big production numbers. Lots of people dancing. There's lots of movement. There are a lot of people involved. Right. For me to see Maroon 5 playing playing music, it's just not, it's just not stadium-worthy. It no, just doesn't do it for me. I mean, Adam Levine is, like, the corniest good performer and musician there might be. Like, he's just... He, he's a really good musician. He's a sneaky no good question guitar. About he's a sneaky good guitar player. He can play a number of instruments. Yeah. Um, he's quite a talented vocalist. Uh, they he writes obviously very catchy songs, and when I watch The Voice in the past, his advice to the contestants is generally on point. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just so corny, and it's like he can't ever quite grow out of the theater kid in him because his performances are good. I watched like a, a live performance on whatever that channel is that runs concerts from time to time, Pal- Palladium maybe, AXS or whatever. Yeah, sure. Palladium. Okay. Yeah. And it was good. I watched the whole thing. It was really entertaining. Um, but like in the Super Bowl, he like rips his shirt off, looking like the chick from Blind Spot. Like he just got his tattoos drawn on that afternoon. Everything's super sharp because he's. It's just he's like what, De Niro what, straight out of prison. In, uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean he's clearly been working out too. Like he's always been a fit man. But there was a kind of a conversation at the party I was at about whether Adam like specifically put on some size for this performance, and I'm pretty sure that he did. It wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't no. shock me. But, made his tiny head look even smaller. Yeah. Listen, 2019 Super Bowl in the Dirty South, right, in Atlanta, is just an invitation for a kick-ass rap show. Yep. Everyone knows it. Everyone knows that we should have seen, and, you know, I guess Missy Elliott came out. When did she come out? She came out. She did. She did. 2015. It was the uh, Katy Perry, Missy Elliott. Oh, sure, yeah. Things. And so... Maybe they've already burned the Missy Elliott card when they, they, you know, years before, unknow- not knowing that they were going to Atlanta. But really, it should have been Jermaine Dupree and the whole mm-hmm. ludicrous outca- uh, reunited outcast. Yes. I mean, T.I. That's, that's what it should have been. And, yeah. it's a, and it's a swing and a miss. And Maroon 5 was, was I mean, 
they should have just been awful, but they were worse than awful. They were just bleh. They were just yeah. bland. But that's what you. I knew that's what you're gonna get. And their songs just don't translate to a big place like that. There's not. No. I mean, you can't do a dance number. You can't bring out a bunch of dancers to dance to your songs either, because that doesn't work. Right. It's just. It's just Maroon Five, yeah. and it's fine for the radio, and it's maybe fine to just you know listen to while you're driving around in your car. But it was. It did not. It did not work for me. It's highly disposable, and as a live act, it just doesn't. It's not entertaining. No. It's, uh, yes, exactly. I thought Travis Scott was good. Okay, what was going on with his utility belt? <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> what was going on? Like what? I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know. I don't know how musicians Louis and Vuitton rock stars super fanny pack dress. They I mean it was it was fine. But uh, um, five thirty eight put out a listing of all the the Super Bowl halftime acts since they started making a deal of it. And they had some metrics on which ones were, I think it based around record sales. But I was looking at it, I was thinking to myself, what were, what, what were the best ones? And it wasn't even so much what were the best ones, it's like, what were the ones I've completely forgotten about? <laughs> Most of them. Oh my gosh. So, 1994, Tanya Tucker, Clint Black, Winona Judd. Okay. The country, I mean, it was like a, a swing at the country music fans. I mean, it was, it was... I don't remember that at all. <laughs> um, 2000, Phil Collins, Tony Braxton. Um, yeah, that's weird. Christina Aguilera, Enrique Iglesias. Is that Phil Collins coming off of like the Tarzan theme <laughs> success? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> like a Disney tie-in? Maybe it was on ABC? Oh, yeah. Maybe? Yeah. Um, the Bruce Springsteen one where Bruce Springsteen actually slams his crotch into the camera is pretty memorable. That was... <laughs> pretty funny people are what is going on like I've, tried, I've wanted to talk to you about this before and we can come back to this at some other point what is going on with people of us men of a certain age and bruce fucking springsteen i don't know everyone thinks they they're, they're they they want to you know travel down a jersey highway you know people are like why don't you just book springsteen or you too and it's like because we're not all 55 you weirdo <laughs> right <laughs> And, Sports and, writers, man. Yeah, seriously. I mean, that's the easy way out. And I guess they're. Here's the problem I have with these bookings: is people are going to watch it. Why do you have to play it so safe? You know, why do you have to? You know, I mean, really, I mean, people are going to complain anyway. Book somebody current. Book somebody interesting. Book somebody. I mean, Metallica should have done this gig years ago. I mean, they missed. I mean, that Metallica would be a good Super Bowl. Halftime act. I think this gets harder and harder as as the, the the zeitgeist splits apart, right? Because it used to be that the Super Bowl, at least at, pre and up to the, the uh, Janet Jackson nipple exposure incident, sure. um, there was like it was just sort of who was the most popular right then, or there was some sort of a corporate reason to do it. And like the late '90s, I mean, to me, like the 2001, um, the Aerosmith, Mary J. Blige, and Sync, Britney Spears, Nelly show is like one of the best ones ever because it's seamless the way they incorporated the, like the medley um the way everybody gets their moment on this in the spotlight uh, and, and peak britney absolute peak britney well you said it i did not think for me i, I didn't want to have to say it but yeah <laughs> <laughs> the football pants the, the, the aerosmith t-shirt yeah you know it all worked really well um and then it gets obviously uh we have sort of this super weird run because yeah, we can spend another minute or two here. Yeah, yeah. We get on this super weird run um, right after that. Because then, then, like, it's two years to the, to the Janet thing happens. Uh, and then we get the weird run of, like, 
all old men over 55. Right. Like it's McCartney, Rolling Stones, Prince, thankfully. Yay. I'm surprised they did Prince, frankly, given that their concern was exposure. Well. Because Prince is the kind of dude that might just whip his dick out on the stage. <laughs> you don't know. Which he basically did. The, <laughs> the big side, the big side shadow with the monster penis and yeah. spraying it around. Like, <laughs> how come that didn't get more criticism? Yeah. Yeah. Odd. But it was only a couple of years ago where we had this really solid uh, Beyonce, Bruno Mars halftime. Yeah. And then they brought, they were so good that they both came back. Yeah. <laughs> Beyonce in 2013, Bruno Mars in 2014, 2016, Beyonce, Bruno Mars back yeah. again. I mean, that's the kind of entertainment people want out of their, they, you know, again, I think Justin Timberlake had it right in that the more dancing and the more production that you have, it makes for a better show. Yeah. Nobody's going to sit there and listen to you hit or, you know, sing five hits. They just want to hear, you're going to get 45 seconds of five different songs. Let's just move through it. Yeah. And this 538 rating system is garbage because oh, it's completely garbage. That's why I didn't even, <laughs> that's why I didn't even, that's why okay. I didn't even address it. It's just so dumb that I can't. Well, I was just going to mention that they mentioned that number four, they have the Madonna one from uh, 2012. And all I remember thinking, and I said this out loud at the time, I was like, up next, a grandmother dances in her underwear. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wants to see it. And then LMFAO came out. Oh, great. And MIA, which seemed, again, like a weird choice. (laughs) Didn't she F-bomb or something on TV, too? Of course. I think she did the middle finger, too. Of course. It was terrific. Anyway, I think that, I I don't know, they should just probably let us book the acts for for the Super Bowl next year when we'd do better. I think just, you have. To, I think wrapping it up in a theme is nice. I think that, I think if you got, like a Green Day to kick off some sort of suburban punk thing, sure. and bring back some bands that people liked, and then dovetail that into something modern, and then end with more Green Day. I mean, that would be. I think that'd be great. I think, I think it works best if you can package it up. Um, and it's always nice to have some surprises, right? People you haven't seen in a while or a reunited band, you know, these kinds of things always are helpful for the Super Bowl. Yeah, either that or they should just do go with like uh, SNL style and just try to bring on somebody who has got a hot record who might be new. Right. It's just, yeah, you know, it's, a, it's a big state. It can't be, it's not an easy place to perform. I, I, I'm sure of it, but um, but I think, I think we can both agree that Maroon 5 came up a little short. Yeah, they obviously struggled because of the NFL's just sort of organization non grata among you know, <laughs> yeah. the folks that, that you know don't support I, I don't know fa- fascist regimes. <laughs> <laughs> you definitely do when you take on the the NFL the Super Bowl halftime. You do basically become the the NFL shill, right? You're right. basically shilling for the NFL. Exactly. Yeah. That's why maybe you have to get corporate people. I don't know. Maybe holograms next year. Maybe they should just bring back holograms of dead people. That seems in poor taste. <laughs> <laughs> Young Elvis and uh, half of the Wilburys, oh. and uh, you know, you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> Moving on. Anyway, in our next segment, segment two, Affleck is out. He signs out. He's peace out of the Batman thing. Um, which kind of very f- much feels like Affleck. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm surprised, though. I, I, I'm, supp- I'm disappointed, but not entirely surprised that he, that he just 
it's a cool thing. He wants to do it, and then he does it, and he's like, oh, I'm too cool for it. You know, I don't want to do this anymore. He just likes to be asked. He just wants to be wanted. <laughs> and then and then he puts on the, the, you know, what? What does he give us? Two and a half movies? Two movies and a little Suicide Squad scene, and, and now he can't be bothered. So it's peace out to Affleck. And I thought he was an okay Batman. I, he, he was looked, all right. He looked good in the suit. I'm not sure he had the best movies, but I thought he was. I thought he. I thought he looked like a. He looked like a good Batman. I think a big problem with Affleck is that he's just so Afflecky. <laughs> like yes. his persona is so large as just a famous person. Right. It gets in the way of a role like this. Uh, he's distracting for the wrong reasons. So, the, to, to illustrate my point, my wife and I were recently rewatching Wonder Woman, and she finally like says to me. Man, like Gal Gadot is just amazing looking, right? And I like, oh, here's the floodgates. I'm like, oh, here's my opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna jump through. I'm yeah, jumping through. I'm, like, I'm, ju- I'm like, I'm jumping in. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, yes, it's it's distracting. Like the whole time, it's just the whole time you're thinking like, she can't possibly be this good looking, right? <laughs> and Affleck's sort of the other way, where it's just like, it's Ben Affleck. Right. That's Ben Affleck. Yeah, more so in Batman than even in something like The Accountant, where he's kind of even does a better job disappearing into the role. But when he's doing Bruce Wayne, he's just seems like he's doing his, uh, an irritated version of himself. Right. Right. There's not a lot of acting going on. Yeah. He's just him. Yeah. It's just Affleck. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. But like I said, I think he looked good. He looks right. He looks, he looks good in the suit, which I think is for being Batman is 80% of it. He, he looks a little puffy, though, right? Like he he got super. Well, he's, he's just a bigger dude. He's a bigger dude, and you're not you're just not used to seeing bigger dudes like that on in movies. Yeah, well, and that's why I thought Bale worked really well. I thought the, his physicality was enough, and he he put on enough size to carry off the role. I never doubted his ability to do what he was doing. Right, and he's a better actor, so he sort of those those movies have their faults. But I don't know about again. I don't know about his voice and the other stuff that's going on. But sort of. <laughs> He himself playing Bruce Wayne, I'm never like, that's Christian Bale. It's not distracting to me. Yeah. Well, we don't have a lot of... Yeah, exactly. We don't have a long history of Christian Bale between... You know, well, he usually disappears into his roles, right? He's right? usually so, some weird dude. Right. right. <laughs> or Dick exactly. Cheney. Oh, yeah. some weird dude. Or, you know, Reign of Fire, which is the greatest Christian Bale movie of all time. I love Reign of Fire. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, McConaughey and Gerard yeah. Butler's in it. It's like, this is the best movie. Anyway, it's really good. Shout out. Shout out to rain of fire but um but if we're thinking about batman and i'm thinking about you know, dc basically missed the boat and we've we've probably discussed this before like marvel had this you know starting with iron man they had a, a vision for you know you know kevin feig had this vision for what it would become right they, mm-hmm. they have a 10-year plan and mm-hmm. we've seen now we're at the end of their 10-year plan and it's awesome <laughs> right, and people are going to die, and then they can be replaced. Yeah, and it's great, and then and then they'll they'll crank out another ten year of ten years of movies. The right. DC screwed this up from the the get go. Yes, but the um, but I think that the the way they could have fixed it is when cast if they hadn't cast Affleck, you could have gone a different way. And bear with me here because. Having old Batman is a good thing for Batman versus Superman and Justice League. I think mm-hmm. having old Batman works. And um, 
Sure. I mean, later on in Justice League, he's just kind of glorified Oracle, right? Yeah, he's well, just he, sort of at the base all the time, <laughs> running like running the team. But being old and being kind of crappy is a good thing to be for Batman. And and I was thinking about it is you could have gotten Keaton, which would have been a really inspired choice, <laughs> or you could have got Clooney if you're if we're talking original Batman. Mm-hmm. But but what 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 made me think that going old Batman this way works is because starting with Superman, if you made everything in Superman's timeline, um, you could have an older Batman. The beauty of the Wonder Woman movies is the first Wonder Woman movie, well, the first time we see her is in Batman versus Superman, but the first Wonder Woman movie is World War I, mm-hmm. right? And then, or sorry, World War Two. No, World uh, War One. Oh, it's World War One. Okay, mm-hmm. and then, um, and then the next movie is in the eighties, set in the eighties, right? Mm-hmm. So what you can do is because there's a timeline set up, you can make a young Batman timeline, and then keep Justice League and the rest of that rolling with an older Batman. So you could have two guys playing Batman. You could have a younger actor playing Batman, and then you have an older actor playing Batman through the the, the what we might consider the current timeline of it all. Yeah, I just don't think they have a plan. They just don't have a plan. Well, they lost Cavill too, right? So they have to recast Superman and Batman. So and it's, then all, it's all jacked up. But I think if they don't mess it up, you keep Cavill and you make Cavill the centerpiece of... You make Superman the centerpiece of the whole timeline, just like Tony Stark, just like Iron Man, just like Robert Downey Jr. has been the, the, the key to making you know, the Marvel Universe go forward. It's, it, always, it always comes back to Tony, right? And DC should have done the same. They should have stuck the. They should have planted their flag into Superman and made Superman the centerpiece going forward. Yeah, and Cavill was a perfect choice. Oh, he's, he's actually great. a pretty good actor. His he pulls off the role extremely well. Look good. And, yeah. And aside from some really bad mustache removing CGI, <laughs> um, it's not his fault. Not his fault. No, but, his acting is good. He's he's appropriately aloof, but also earnest. Yeah. Like it just it worked really well for me. And so to me, like recasting Batman is just it's it's almost like a domino that has to fall after Superman. I don't know. You just have to decide what your what your goal is with the franchise and what happens now to my girlfriend Gal Gadot and our and our, and our guy Jason Momoa. Like I, you can't just switch out these horses midstream and then I mean I guess probably what'll happen is they'll recast them both and Momoa makes some crack about it and they'll just move on. Right. Right, yeah, but you sure, look different, Bruce. <laughs> but they have the right. You can, I think you can. I think you can screw around with Batman more than Superman. I think you had the right Superman, and I don't know what you, I don't know what they were doing that they couldn't keep him going, which is just too bad. Well, yeah, I think I've seen you say publicly you like you like Army Hammer, right? To take on the, the Batman. Yeah. Oof, he is the best choice. See, I, don't you, to me, he's the better choice for Superman. You think so? Yeah. No. I want Army Hammer Superman and John ha- John Ham Batman. <laughs> John, wouldn't John Ham have the same problem we have with with Affleck? Wouldn't he be wouldn't he be sort of always John Ham? Except the fact that he looks just like animated series Bruce Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> so it's sort of it's not as Ben Affleck-y. Um I mean, he'd have to work out, which he might not want to do. Uh, right. <laughs> that, that that's that's a big part of why most of these actors get tired of playing superheroes because sure. they're tired of working out they're tired of cycling the roids <laughs> but ham i saw i watched uh bad times at the el royale recently is it a good movie yeah 
<laughs> it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. It, it takes some weird turns and ends in a weird place. But uh-huh. like, it was I was entertained the entire time, and uh-huh. cool people were doing cool things in it. That's all that matters. And Hams uh, has a has a double identity in that movie. Yeah. And yeah. He, he pulls it off really well. He's a good actor, right? So he, yeah, he's a good actor. even though he's a little John Hammy in some of his things, because they people he's typecast. It's, I don't think it's his fault. Yeah. But I think he'd be a really good Bruce Wayne. And I know I'd, I mean, get, you could, I'd break the bank and get Clooney back. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't. He too old. I think old enough, but young enough. Okay. To do to do to do my plan, which is to say, have two people playing Batman, older Batman in this timeline, and then tell younger Batman stories with a different actor. Which now my younger you Batman stories, Army Hammer, I, I've been, <laughs> I've been caping up for Army Hammer for quite a while now, <laughs> but he's, he to me is the right guy. I second, my second choice would be Nicholas Holt. And since they're redoing all of, since they're redoing all of, they're kicking all the X-Men out anyway, mm-hmm. we get Nicholas Holt back on the market. I think Nicholas Holt will be an excellent young Batman. What about a guy like uh, for a young Batman like Taron Egerton? Too small. He's think? too yeah. He's too small. I think he's got the square th- jaw though. Yeah, he's got the right jaw, but uh, I think with um, I think most of the young actors are just a little too twee for me. What about right? Bob Pattinson? Bob Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to age him up for you. He's too no God Bob no no Bob Pattinson. <laughs> you know who I also thought. Might make a better Superman, but Patrick Schwarzenegger. Have you seen mm. Patrick Schwarzenegger? Have I told the Ye- story about Patrick Schwarzenegger? No, go ahead. So I was watching this. Well, I wasn't watching. My daughter was watching this movie called Midnight Sun, starring. It's basically a movie where one kid has some fatal disease. So the girl has a fatal disease. She's this pretty red-haired girl. What's her name? Ba ba ba. Bella Thorne. Sure. Terrifically attractive young lady, uh, and she's. And she's her. The love interest is Patrick Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. So I sit down, and I didn't know who Patrick Schwarzenegger was. I didn't know who he was, and I looked at him. I was like, "Hey, he looks familiar." And then, of course, he smiles, and I go, "Oh, that's Schwarzenegger." So I look him up. It's like it's Patrick Schwarzenegger. So I spent the next ten minutes of this movie repeating all of his lines as Arnold, <laughs> <laughs> while my daughter looked at me like she wanted to stab me. <laughs> and then I said, okay, I'm leaving now. So then I had to leave because she's like, Dad, you're ruining this movie. And But I couldn't help it. It was, a, it was an amazingly fun game. And I think maybe if I see it on cable, I might just sit down and just repeat all of his lines as Arnold. Again, just for my own entertainment. I like but it. He might make a better Superman. But he's, again, a bigger guy. Like, maybe closer, you know, six foot tall. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got Arnold's jaw. But he's not, he's not. He's certainly not a bodybuilder like Arnold, but he's he's a physical kid. He looks, I mean, he's in his young 20s. Maybe he's like 20, 22, 23 years old, and he's an okay actor. I mean, he's not terrible. He's not he's not great. He's not going to win the Academy Award for Midnight Sun. But uh, but uh, it was pretty good. I You know, like I said, I, I looked at him and said, oh, he should definitely be in a superhero movie. And plus his name's Schwarzenegger, and how can you not like that? He, yeah, it's he, he has an interesting look. It's sort of like if you... Mash young Arnold Schwarzenegger together with young Tom Cruise. Yes, yeah, he's got he's got he's interesting, and I think I think you could put a superhero costume on him and it would work just great. And maybe he kind of looks like Scott Wolf, like a better like a like a Scott Wolf two point android <laughs> <laughs> with Arnold Schwarzenegger's jaw. There you go. And it's a, it's a it's a uh, I don't know interesting Those soulful eyes. <laughs> 
And his sister, I saw this the other day, speaking of now since we're People Magazine right now, um, <laughs> Chris Pratt got engaged to his sister. Got engaged to the old, the oldest uh, Schwarzenegger daughter. Oh, I thought you, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. I didn't follow you for a minute. No, Chris Pratt is engaged to uh, Schwarzenegger. I saw that because I saw people going already <laughs> on social media, like in his mentions. Like how rude! <laughs> it's like, hey, let the guy be happy for God's sake. Right? You don't know how long he was unhappy in the marriage. Yeah, you don't Could know. Have been over for years. <laughs> Could have been. Could have been. But uh, so anyway, Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger, I would cast him. I'd you know, you, I'd, I'd go get him if I was if I was the superhero people. Yeah, that's an inspired choice. Yeah, thanks. Anyway, moving on. So in segment three, we're doing something a little bit interesting today. The um, we're helping my daughter with a school project. They had to uh, her class was assigned um, a to take on an issue. Most kids decided they would write letters to their congressman or letters to the governor or letters to the mayor or whomever. But, she, you know, she was trying to find an audience. And one of their, one of their things they could have done was a podcast. But, she's, but she says, well, I can't just make one podcast and just put it up for, and for nothing. So she says to me, Dad, can I borrow your podcast? I said, <laughs> Okay, what? So she's prepared a statement, which she will read, and uh, we're going to plug it in right here. Hi, I am doing a school project. I was supposed to pick a problem in the United States that matters to me and do something about it. So I'm here to talk about concealed carrying. There is a large gun control movement going on right now. And while I am a minor at the moment, someday I will be an adult, and the decisions that the government makes now will directly impact my safety later. I believe that every state should implement the shall issue, a law that makes handguns more accessible to certified individuals. Let me explain. The biggest visible impact concealed carrying creates is a decrease in overall crime. According to a 2000s analysis of FBI crime data, uh, by economist and political commenter John R. Lott states that the that states that implemented the shall issue contain concealed carrying laws reduced murders by uh, 8.5%, rapes by 5%, aggravated assaults by 7%, and robbery by 3%. The shall issue requires a license or permit to carry a concealed handgun, but applicants need to meet specific and thorough requirements. Many states that implement the shall issue make it extremely difficult to obtain a permit. We also need to talk about mass shootings. Most of these happen in schools and other gun-free zones because the shooter can accurately assume no one else has a gun on campus. This makes these areas extremely prone to danger. Take the Stoneman Douglas High sh School shooting in Parkland, Florida, for example. The shooter knew that none of the students, remember their minors, had guns because of their age. But if the teachers were allowed to carry guns, if they were certified, the shooting could have been stopped sooner. Furthermore, the shooter could have been deterred from starting the shooting if he was informed that the adults were carrying guns. The fact of the matter is that handguns protect people who cannot protect themselves. But you still might be asking about how the shooter got a gun and if he was a compliant citizen before the acts of violence. Many people feel 
uh, threatened and unsafe around anyone they know is carrying a gun because of a shooter like him. However, a New York Times journalist said the ban against non-police carrying guns usually rests on the false notion that almost anyone can suddenly go crazy and start misusing their weapon or that any crossfire with the killer would become worse than the crime itself. But in state after state, permit holders are extremely law-abiding. When people hear the word gun, they think of violence and pain. I want people to open their minds, and in many cases, guns should be considered safe and protective. And lastly, we need to address the Second Amendment. It states, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And after reading many, many people's analysis of this one sentence, I've gathered that a majority of the people believe that the Second Amendment is an independent right. That means the Constitution protects citizens from government action, so the government cannot decline qualified people handgun licenses. Looking further into the Constitution, the Supreme Court case D.C. v. Heller ruled that Washington, D.C.'s regional code violated the Second Amendment. An accredited website, OYAS, stated the ban on registering handguns and requirement to keep the guns in the home disassembled or non-functional with the trigger lock me mechanism violates the Second Amendment. What I gathered from this court case is that certified individuals have a right to own a personal handgun. The court stated that the handguns are usually bought for personal protection and banning them would put many people at risk. Basically, the Supreme Court rules that civilians have the right to defend themselves in their home. So, every state should implement the shot issue because of the overall improvement crime rates have shown after some states took the step. And guns have and will continue to protect the innocent. And our Constitution appears to be for widespread concealed carrying amongst common people. I hope you take this presentation into consideration as the world goes around us and the dangers that come with it. So after you've read, <laughs> heard that few minutes from my daughter about her about the Second Amendment and about concealed carry, I want to say, first of all, we don't really talk about guns around the house at all, other than playing Fortnite. So I don't really think I've ever had a long conversation about guns. So when I read her, when she passed this thing this in front of me, I read it and was like, well, hun, you're going to get expelled from school. For <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get suspended for, for putting this down. I, I mean, okay. I, I just, she... She had, I guess that was one of the issues she could have taken on. It was her take, and, and, and I don't begrudge her that because I know that, you know, it's, it's the take of a young person. Well, right? that was my question for you is that she obviously, like, she did the research. She has a, a well-reasoned argument. I think that there's some bigger picture issues that, given her age, she probably isn't grasping. Right. Um, as we talked, uh, or, or, or as, I, as I listened to it, um, what I heard was a lot of academic analysis without maybe – a complete understanding of adult psychology that and, and maybe even gun owner psychology. But right. my question for you was, do you know, did you talk to her? Is this like her honest take on this or is it academic? No, this is, I mean, yeah, this is her honest take on it. And, okay. and because Lord knows the public schools aren't teaching you that. Right. <laughs> that is not, that is well, not, that's not what you would consider a liberal take on the, on the, on the no. second amendment. <laughs> no. The reason I ask you is because I once wrote a paper that I got a perfect grade on 
basically defending fascism. But, like, <laughs> but I knew what I was doing. I wasn't like, yes, fascism, we should do this. <laughs> I was, I was, it was an academic exercise where I'm like, let me see if I can write this paper from the opposite point of view. Right. I don't think she's doing an exercise. I think she just, I think she looked at it and, and I think that's how she felt. I mean, obviously she's watched a lot of action movies as a kid. I mean. Yeah. There's definitely a, a shade of hero complex baked into that take. Yeah. Yeah, and again, it's not like I said. I, I wasn't. I was after I read it. I wasn't going to. I mean, I'll probably have a longer conversation with her sometime down the road. But I'm really interested to see what her language arts teacher writes for that. I'd be. I'm going to be really interested to see how her her uh, this you know her teacher reacts. That's really what <laughs> really what worries me more than anything. But what's funny about her is that at the beginning of the year, she decided she was to become a vegan. You know, she had read some stuff and seen some stuff, and, 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 you know, there's this whole animal cruelty aspect to it, and so I think her and her friends, and, you know, her and a, a couple of her friends decided they would become vegetarian, which very, very quickly turned into becoming vegan. Sure. And what's funny is, as a Filipino... <laughs> <laughs> I'd give up almost everything before I gave up pork. Right? It's just like it's just not, it, you know, it's, it's on the most important things and, and the most important things in my life pyramid. It's pretty close to the top. So <laughs> the so it's funny. So I I, you know, I could have very easily put my foot down and said the hell is like we're not going to turn our whole lives upside down so we can accommodate this whim of a kid. But my wife and I discussed it and said, well, she really feels this way about it. You know, I'm certainly willing to support a kid who's got ideas. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's really what it comes down to. Like she has an idea about gun control and she has an idea about animal cruelty and she's, you know, she's sort of following through on it. And then and to her credit, she has, you know, she's asked my wife to buy some things at the store that would support her veganism and. And I've been good about cooking dinners that, you know, where I would separate some stuff away and then cook basically the middle of the meal and then on the edges cook, you know, a vegan, uh, you know, a vegan protein or whatever. And then I'd cook beef, chicken, pork for the rest of the family. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, hey, believe me, I know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I eat meat, but I basically keep a vegan diet outside of that. I, I guess I eat meat and eggs, but I don't. I can't have any dairy, so that means that uh-huh. all processed food I can't eat that. And my wife's a vegetarian, so yeah. I basically cook two meals every night, or one yeah. of you know, we're cooking two meals almost every night. Yeah, but when but but when your when your when your daughter comes up and says, "This is what I want to do," you could either try to crush her and say, "That's not how this family works," mm-hmm. you know. You're and believe me, it sort of crossed my mind. <laughs> say. You know, what are you doing? It's just, you know, just, I mean, it's really a pain in the ass in terms of, you know, going out to dinner and all these other things. And, um, you know, so how do you, so I just said, okay, all right. And then, but I said, you're responsible for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, I mean, if we go out to eat and the family says, hey, we're going to this restaurant, you're going to have to do your best to find something to eat. Like, we're not going to let your veganism dictate what the whole family does. You know what I mean? If we want to go to the Mexican restaurant down the street, you're going to have to find something on their menu that that you can that either is vegan or you can make vegan. Right, or you can spend your allowance on a purse full of kind bars. <laughs> right, <laughs> or something. Right. So, so we've been I we've been really supportive, but that's the thing about this whole idea that your kids are growing into people. 
and how you try to to sort of help them or guide them or crush them i don't know i mean there's i mean there's some parents i'm sure who would just say no you can't be vegan <laughs> sure <laughs> like we're not going to we're not going to buy special food for just you but i mean it's a it's a it's a funny decision that you know i you know when she when she presented the idea to us i was sort of i figured okay whatever and then you know and and a month later or more than a month later you know 5 weeks later she's uh, she's stuck to it so I'm interested right. to see where it goes. Maybe she, maybe she does grow out of it. Maybe at some point she decides that, you know, that maybe it's, maybe it's run its course, or, or maybe she stays vegan the rest of her life. I don't. You know. I suppose it depends on. Well, you know, to it me, matter to me. Uh, yeah, uh, wrapping up a meat eating thing would be primarily motivated at this point by climate change reasons for me. Yeah. Like I've had the Impossible Burger. I could get by with that, but you're gonna have to make the Impossible Steak before I can give it up altogether. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I, you know we're not living a ultra carnivorous lifestyle, right? But it's but it's just part of. I think it's just part of. I, I look forward to it, right? It's something you know. It's something I enjoy eating. So yeah, I don't know. That's, that's it'd be the, hard to give up. It'd be it would be hard for me. It would be impossible for me to give up. But uh, but giving your kids. I mean, that's the hardest part. Is like how much how much line do you let out for your kids, right? How much. There's certain things that I don't want to be slack about, but there's certain things I said, okay, well, that's your decision. What you decide to put in your mouth. I mean, I, what if I can't shove, you know, fried chicken down your mouth. Mm-hmm. Not that I would waste good fried chicken on her <laughs> by trying to make my vegan daughter eat it. Because um, fried chicken should be celebrated, not be a form of punishment. But uh, but I don't know. It's, 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 I mean, at some point it's going to happen, you know, I mean, your kids are still young, but at some point they're going to say something like I want to be a vegan or, you know, my daughter says I'm in love with a girl or, you know, things that you're just not, things that you're just not prepared, maybe <laughs> expecting or, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, you know, how do you deal with those things as, as, as you go forward is it's, I'm sure I'd like to think I'm going to deal with it better than my own parents would have. Sure. But uh, I guess, I guess we'll have to wait and see. An acquaintance of mine who has a teenage boy was telling us that, uh, he was going through a tough time because his girlfriend and her friends had all decided they were actually trans boys. So he was like heartbroken because she's basically like, I don't want to go out with you anymore because I'm actually a boy. So that that's an interesting thing. Boy. That, yeah. That is a, I don't know how I would deal with that. Well, and then it's tough too because right, cause you know how teenagers think and the group think and everything that goes on there and. Yeah. Certainly not gonna, I don't have any idea what that experience is like, so I'm not even going to begin to speak on my thoughts on any of that because I don't have any, really. Right, um, but I, I could just see that coming you know, as a parent. If that falls in your lap, if your son says, I, you know... I'm my girlfriend says she's a trans man. Right. Right. It's like, I don't know what to tell you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, and especially when it's like a group thing, right? If a number of people yeah. are doing it at once. That seems, again, I, I don't have any idea, but that yeah. seems less likely to me than, than to yeah. be heartfelt. If we live, if we we live in this world of ideas, and there are a lot of ideas, and 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 kids are exposed to a lot of different ideas, so it doesn't, it's not going to surprise me as, as young people try things on for size, right? Of course, we all, you know, tried some things on for size, like had yeah, earrings. I heard about you on that camping trip. <laughs> I had earrings. You know, you have long hair. I don't know what else. I mean, I was. 
you smoke cigarettes. I don't know these things. I these things I can, I can deal with. Uh-huh. Um, there are there are some there are some more. You know, modern issues that yeah, I guess until 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 they land in your lap, it's like it, it's no it's no really it doesn't really help to sort of dwell on them and think yeah. about them. I think you just gotta try to keep your kids grounded and if they do make these decisions like you have to let them make the mistakes to some extent because especially when it's like romantic stuff it's just like look i know you're never gonna believe me but none of this matters <laughs> right, <laughs> right? I, I think that's what that's the that's the thing i'm trying to keep in mind with right. my kids is that that even though to a near 50 year old these things aren't a big deal you remember how big a deal things were when you were in middle school right Mm-hmm. Like the girl that oh, the yeah. girl that that kissed you was the girl you were gonna f- marry and you were gonna spend the rest of your life with, or, or the grade that or the or the or the D that you got on your English test was the one that means you were never going to college and that you're gonna have to get a job at, you know, you know an hourly, mm-hmm. <laughs> somewhere. I mean, that's just everything is so big and there are a lot of expectations and I'm just trying to keep all that, sort of keep my arms around that as I. To help her move you know move forward that oh we've talked about it on the show before but uh, i was definitely a melodramatic teenager and i'm embarrassed about that fact now but i also remember things like grades and all that stuff was super seems super duper important i heard uh, in our ap calc class the teacher must have been senior year gave what was essentially a weed out test but he was kind of a prick and like I think I got like a C minus, which is like the worst grade I'd ever gotten in school. But was period. probably the best. But was probably the best grade the class got. <laughs> no, well, that's the thing. It's like nobody, everybody, everybody got like low Bs or like high Cs were good scores in this test. And then of course one girl gets like an A. And of it's course. like the, fuck you, fuck the whole thing up. <laughs> Curve buster. Yeah, you son of a bitch. Yeah, we I had a guy. Saw, we had a guy in college. We had a we had a college. We got a guy in college. I remember Tony, you know, Tony Sue guy was always crushing our curve the curve buster he's just out here yeah the outlier. how did we all get 70 70s on this test and how did you get a 98 it's like i don't know no one knows genius anyway well i want you to ask your daughter as we wrap up the segment all right i want you to ask her if her theory about armed shooters is that they are deterred by the presence of other weapons Please find out for me what she thinks about the fact that there's been, I think, half a dozen shootings on military bases alone in the last 10 years. <laughs> I'm not going to smash all of her. I'm not going <laughs> to smash all of her points in her face. It's okay. I mean, like I said, it's, it's the there's this whole aspect of school, which is learning to learn. And so she did. Sure. She she found resources. She she supported her point. She's not going to think the same right. way about this issue in a six months or a year it'll be it'll be and you know it's it's interesting though to get her perspective considering she's living it yeah right like she's in this world where it's hanging over her head in a way that we possibly we can't possibly relate to because it wasn't a thing that happened when we were at school right i mean she they do lockdowns yeah no i our four-year-old came home they did the lockdown at the daycare and our four-year-old came home just really out of sorts and it finally like was this you know was this scary and she just broke down yeah and then she woke up later that night after bedtime yelling about what if it's real yeah like just great <laughs> yeah it's a it's a different it's a different time and place yeah and, great uh, job everybody <laughs> fantastic work <laughs> doing doing a good job with the world jesus it's christ well let's transition from that then to the overtime wait are we not doing dad jokes of the week i was i was gonna i was gonna oh. say i was just gonna tell you that all uh, right so now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh <laughs> <laughs> 
Ready? Ready! Ready. <laughs> Dad jokes of the week. It's a bad crop this week, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> really? There's, this, it, this is me making my shocked face. I mean, our our older daughter has a like a I guess you know joke book for six year olds. It's got better jokes in it. Well, than here's this. the deal. Somebody at at Dad Joke of the Daily Dad Joke Calendar dot com had to come up with 360 is it leap year this year anyway <laughs> no. three 364 of these jokes and i air quote jokes jokes but give them to me what do we got right. dad will you fix dinner i didn't know it was broken <laughs> of course i don't even want to read this one out loud this is like the nacho cheese one from last way last week at what time do most people go to the dentist Two thirty. You know, that was originally told to me as a racist joke. Really? When I was a child, yeah. Like, apparently, that was the time when the Chinaman went to the dentist. I guess because it was like an Asian accent to say tooth hoodie. <laughs> like, it was like a tooth hoodie situation. It was oh. like, wow, that, that is just oh. awful. You can just make the joke without making it racist. Like, wh- right. Why'd you pump in the racism? Right. Well, because, you know, racism was funny in, back then. I guess. The cops just energized. Sorry. The cops just arrested the Energizer Bunny. They charged him with battery. You know it. Can February March? No, but April May. <laughs> it's not even a joke. This is words in order. What's the what's the what's the number joke that's like that? Six afraid of seven, seven, eight, nine. There you go. Thank you. Wait, way to deliver that with the appropriate <laughs> amount of gusto. I love this segment. It's my favorite. Why did the electrician close early on Monday? I don't His know. business was very light. <laughs> How can you tell us if a snake is a baby snake? It has a rattle. Get bit by one of those. Tell me right. how funny that joke is. And finally, did you hear about the donut maker who retired? He was fed up with the whole business. Oh. That's it for dad jokes. Of the week. Can I throw my twig onto this forest fire you of, always a, can. of a segment? Here it is. That's the best part. Um, last night I was mugged by six dwarves. Not happy. <sighs> uh, I'm not happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of heroics. Adam Levine should be Batman. Adam Levine. <laughs> This is not a terrible. This is Adam Levine could be Green Lantern. Yeah, I like it. Adam Levine could be Green Lantern. Let's let's pencil him in for Green Lantern. Actually, I think he would be a fine Green Lantern. All right. This week in Heroes, a Colorado man was out running trail running when he was attacked by a mountain lion, which he fought and choked out and killed it. He won the fight. What the hell? I. This this goes to show you that that this MMA thing is really catching on. <laughs> because twenty years ago you just got ate by a lion. Like nobody yeah. knew twenty years ago nobody knew how to choke somebody out. But twenty years ago? No. Twenty yeah. maybe twenty five years ago, nobody certainly twenty five years ago, nobody knew how to choke people out. But now apparently everybody knows how to choke people out in so much as this trail running guy chokes out a mountain lion now put yourself in this guy's shoes well first of all i wouldn't be running 
<laughs> but <laughs> ideally but, not. But wild animal fighting is perhaps the most frightening thing a person can be faced with. Sure. I, I kudo. I don't even know how to. I one of my one of my buddies said, you know, this guy versus Chuck Norris, and I had to say, I think coin flip. <laughs> I mean, wild animal fighting is is the top of the heap as far as I'm concerned. When people beat up other people, I get that. But but killing wild animals with your bare hands, like like wild animals that are as large as you are. Yeah. Just blows me away. I I mean, this guy's a hero. I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> well, this mountain lion had to be somewhat of a juvenile because it was only 80 pounds. <laughs> Still. I, I know, but I'm not saying, you know, it's it's crazy. I'm, I, I want to know. I, I wish there were more photographs like i want to know how bad the injuries were right because it was serious injuries but he was treated and released so he didn't have to be hospitalized so it couldn't have been anything that major i imagine just a a number of lacerations maybe some puncture wounds sure um i want to know like is the lion getting at you while you're choking it like can it reach you or is it totally immobilized (laughs) can or is it like hitting you in the back of the head like with its paw is it that that limber i need to know i Um, think that I think if you had it in a standard chokeout, if I can sort of picture you being on its back with your legs sort of hooked into its hooked around its bottom legs, mm-hmm. and you had your you had your bicep around its throat, and you were pulling as hard as you could, I don't know how it. I mean, it would scratch you up, but I'm not sure it could. I'm not sure what else it could do to you. Yeah, and you're fighting for your life, and you know it, right? So you just right. gonna hold on until it stops moving. And then right. for a lot longer after that, too. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What I mean, uh, I think full-grown mountain lions can be pretty big. Yeah, like, like 150 pounds. Yeah. So. Oh, 220 pounds according to this for males. Jesus! If yeah. well, you've got no chance against a 200-pound. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you've got you've got you've got a 0.00 percent chance against that 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 kind of a cat. The we largest to, mountain lion ever documented weighed 276 pounds. It was called Andre the Giant Mountain Lion. Was that one All of the right. dad jokes? No, it wasn't. <laughs> My favorite All part right. about this story was the very end where it says, in a Facebook post, Colorado Governor Jared Paulus said that although the runner was able to kill the lion with his bare hands, others should try to stay away from lions and back away slowly <laughs> if it's possible. <laughs> Thanks, thanks, Jeff. For, thanks for the safety tip there. Yeah, helpful. Helpful, very helpful. Oh, and uh, before we wrap this whole thing up, um, I did want to say kudos to the Bud Light people for that Bud Light Game of Thrones commercial because I did not see that coming at all. And what an awesome way to wrap up that whole campaign. I was like, now we don't have to see the Bud Light King anymore or whatever. Right. But when the, when the mountain rips his head off and the, the crowd reaction is... <laughs> Had me howling. And the can crushing sound. Oh, my God. So funny. Yeah. I just laughed. I laughed very hard. So kudos to them. And um, I don't know. Then on to, the, on, to the next, on to the next thing in terms of, you know, sports and whatnot. I don't even know what I'm going to do. Am I going to watch basketball? Are you going to watch well, any basketball? Well, yeah. I mean, I always watch college basketball because I, I go to the games for my school. Yeah. But the NBA um, doesn't. The, you don't even watch the NBA anymore. Do you? In the playoffs. Yeah, but so. yeah, I mean, I, the thing is about the NBA is I don't have to watch it to know what's going on. Like it's so permeated into the culture and into just following sports in general. Like I know about, 
you know, there were trades today. I know, you know, I, I saw the Kristaps Porzingis trade last week, and I saw the uh, the trade but, today. Which but you is don't need escaping. to watch. But you don't need to watch the games. No, 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 no. Until Just the watch the highlights. How's the highlights on Instagram? That's all, <laughs> that's all I need. Perfect. Yeah. All right, my man. All right. Well, that's our show, and our thanks to all of you for listening to On Three Pod. Please know we appreciate tremendously the time you choose to spend with us. If you don't already, please subscribe and or review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. And don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. We'll be back next time with more shenanigans. And until then, peace.